This is Just Football. Hello and welcome to Just Football. We're back after another unplanned couple of weeks break, um, but we are back again. Uh, you've got Dan S hosting today, Dan P on call as well, and Dave. Hello to both. Hello, hello. Good, good afternoon. Good afternoon. It, you know, I have to check my watch and it is afternoon, isn't it? <laughs> uh, um, so quite a lot has happened in the, the last couple of weeks. Um, so we will jump straight in uh, to some of the main headlines. So what I have got is a few headlines from the last couple of weeks, um, a few results from the weekend. And I actually have got a quiz um this week and i and we've got a list of questions as well so we will we will uh, get on to that when the time is right so the first headline um i want to discuss is about jürgen klopp resigning from from liverpool and i'm going to go to dan for his initial thoughts on this but so yeah so it's, it's been a week now but jürgen klopp has announced he is going to resign from liverpool at the end of the season he feels the time as well. And I think he described it as he's just tired um, yeah. and just needs a bit of a break. But he's obviously quite a um, long-standing manager. I think he might be the longest-serving Premier League manager currently. Um, I think that's right. You might need to fact-check that. Um, but I think Dan, that's, what is it, 2015, isn't it? I think he joined. Yeah, which is a long Sounds time right. in manager terms, yeah. isn't it? It's it's an odd one. I work with a couple of Liverpool fans, so the day it was announced, you know, one of them was actually genuinely shocked. You know, he he, he just um, yeah, and and that felt like the vibe. I mean, if you then listen to the calls on the way home from Liverpool fans, it's it's like they're devastated now. I get it. You know, you've had a manager there for a long time, has won everything with them, um, but you know, managers do come and go, and I think you. It, and it might, it might sound a bit harsh, but I think they've just got to, you know, you know, it was going to happen at some point, right? I don't think he's he was going to be there for for like a twenty twenty year reign. I, th- I think it'll be um, if he does go as in leaves the Premier League and can't see him join another big team in England, right? After being so associated with Liverpool, I think that's the thing. It'll be it'll be a shame to see him out of the Premier League. Um, but yeah, I can. Yeah, I can get why it's come as a massive shock. Um, what well, the, the the thing I do find funny is is that he's bringing all his back staff, I think, with him as well. Now I know managers tend to stick with them, but I got the impression he said he needed a break, so he was going to maybe be out of football for a year or so. So in, w- in which case, you know, having all the back staff as well, Lee, feels like it's a it's going to be another big transition for that club. Hmm. And Dave, what are your thoughts and feelings? I'm a bit disappointed because I really like Klopp. There's nothing really not to like about him. I love the way Liverpool play. Definitely love the way they played yesterday. But <coughs> the, the way they play that, the energetic <coughs> football, the way they play really matches he, uh, Klopp as a person, I feel. It's outgoing, it's vibrant, it's charismatic, and, that, and that's what they're doing on the pitch. I think the timing is really, really interesting. So they've now said during the January window, we'll see... I don't know if it's on your agenda yet, but obviously January window or transfer window is really interesting. Only Tottenham is in business in terms of incoming. And it, it kind of begs the question, well, who is going to sign for Liverpool when there's so uncertainty? He, he also did it at a time where the African Nations is going on. So, he, you know, his big player Salah is out 
in Africa somewhere. No, do you reckon the players heard the news before he left, or do you reckon it was something he just found out by looking on Twitter? Well, I, I can say that Salah is back in Liverpool. Yeah. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. So he yeah, might have yeah. played it first hand. Then. Yeah, he he got injured. I think he done his hamstring. He went back to Liverpool for do, treatment. Do you think it's just that he had to say it before the press? the press have got wind of it and so he's had to come out of it now rather than it be leaked through maybe because it was completely out of the blue wasn't it it's not one of these rumours that spend weeks doing the the rumour mill and then gets confirmed this was a shock to everyone I think yeah I think I think what what I like about it you know that sounds bad because he's leaving but what I like about it is he's doing it on his terms it feels like you know is you don't often get a manager that leaves on their term in you know, with a lot of support behind them still. Um, so I think I think that says it all about him and what he's done there, that it's, um, yeah, he's able to do it on his terms. And yeah, that it's caused such a, a shock because um, you look around the rest of the league, um, managers come and go literally multiple times a season, right? Yeah. I do feel a, I feel a bit sorry for him and, and Liverpool in the respect that, I don't feel like they won the league titles that that club deserved while he was while he was in charge. And I think the one the one league title that they did win was in the COVID year. So you saw them celebrating. Obviously, the Premier League is such a big thing for Liverpool. It's it's the one they wanted. And when they did come to win it, they were celebrating in empty stadiums in during the pandemic. And I just feel like their points tallies they got in those seasons when they're competing with you know the monstrosity that are, are Man City. I just feel like they didn't quite get what they deserved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, you you've had the whole uh, Klopp Pep, whether it's a rivalry or just that's the way the press like to do it. But with him gone, it's like, yeah, we need who's who's stepping up to to, to kind of have that rivalry now. I can answer that. Probably. <laughs> 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 I, I don't think it's Postecoglou. <laughs> is there is there any more thoughts on Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool and his reign before we move on? I think if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be genuinely worried about a few. Uh, some players yeah. have come out and kind of suggested that they might not be at Liverpool in the near future. Uh, and they are some of their key players like Van Dyke. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And I just think it's a shame losing him to the league. And, and the other thing I was going to say is I hope he's, yeah, generally hope if it is that he just needs a break that, yeah, he gets it. Because I think we said a few weeks back, we, you know, we do sometimes forget that there are people, these are people in football, right? Whether it's a player or or the managers, and if he genuinely just needs a break, then you can't um, can't deny that, right? So yeah, okay, cool, Great. thank you. Um, the next thing on my list is actually still concerning Liverpool. It's the Arsenal result from yesterday beating Liverpool in what was probably a really key match for for Arsenal um, winning that because what did they take with different. That's what they classify as a six-pointer, isn't it? Because I think if Arsenal had lost that, they would have been about eight points behind Liverpool. Yep. Is that right? That's right. Um, so, Dave, did you did you see the game? Do you want to give your first views on this one? I, I did. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. I was very surprised. Very surprised about Liverpool's starting lineup. I think they admitted a few key players. I was also surprised about Arsenal's lineup. But then, unbeknownst to us, Jesus was injured again. But the better team won. I think Arsenal were brilliant yesterday, uh, and I suppose Liverpool weren't at their best. And I can't, apart from the Saliba incident where he should have cleared the ball, it wasn't uh, David Raya problem. It was Saliba as a defender. If in doubt, get it out. That's the rule. 
just get rid of it. Even if it goes out for a corner, uh, throw on, get rid of it. But to a man, Arsenal's just better. And we've now, albeit at home, we've beaten Man City and Liverpool this season. Very, yeah. very good yeah. performance. And, and I didn't actually watch the game, but I think the result was was key in Arsenal season, wasn't it? Because I think they faced a couple of they did a couple of defeats a few weeks ago, didn't they? Uh, and this felt like almost got them back in the title race. Definitely. Um, I, I say the title race, but the serious contender title race, not um, anyone who can mathematically win it. Um, wow, Dan, that's brutal. Views? <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw about three quarters of the match yesterday. Yeah, basically just what Dave said. I think Arsenal definitely did deserve to win it. They looked like they really were really up for it. Um, whether this now kind of just opens the way though for City, I don't know. I guess that's the thing. I guess, Dave, the question to you is, and, and it's difficult because coming off the game yesterday where it was so emphatic a win, it's easy to say yes. But, you know, in heart of hearts, so do you think, it is a title race now with with City. It might be just City. They have two games two games in hand. I think if they win both, they'll probably go top. Yeah, I do, yeah. Although I City haven't convinced me as much this season as it did last in terms of where they played. So there's still a long way to go. There's still lots of twists and turns. I, I guess we'll find out, but... The, the thing is with City as well, they do they do this thing where they're never convincing in the first part of the season. Yeah. And then yeah. they just go into second gear and um, yep. then just get results. So whether that will happen this year, but I do agree, they haven't been convincing yet. Well, the but thing, I feel like we've, the we've thing had they... this conversation for the last four years <laughs> yeah. in a row. But also they've got De Bruyne back for the key part of the season, right? He's only come back last week, I think. And so yeah. they've got him, they've got a new player for the rest of the season, basically. And Haaland's out at the moment as well, isn't he? And I don't yeah, know when he's yeah. due back. Um, yeah. yeah. And the other thing, and I'm not saying this to have a dig at Arsenal because I actually disagree um, with this sentiment, but there's a lot of talk about Arsenal over-celebrating um, yesterday's result and Arteta's, even by pundits. Um, and I was going to start off by saying I think it's absolutely absurd. <laughs> I think if you get a result like that, I think you can celebrate. Um, but there's a lot of talk on Twitter and from pundits that Arsenal over-celebrated, which I felt was a bit harsh. And I think Ian Wright released a massive video yesterday um, defending Arsenal. I don't know if any of you guys saw that or had any reaction to that. Yeah, I do. I mean, I I I think it's an agenda from Sky and their pundits. Jamie Carragher, if you say he need you need to celebrate with a word begin with D, I can't remember what it is. But Decorum. Something yeah, something like that, yeah, decorum. Well th- this is this is coming from a person who's happy to spit out of windows. But also yeah. has nothing to say when Jurgen Klopp runs across the pitch celebrating a win. Yeah. You can't have yeah. one and not the other. I think it was a huge result. Let them celebrate. It's the same as you know Tottenham won with you know against nine men Liverpool. Let people celebrate. You can't. VAR's taking the joy out of the game now. We need to have something from you know something to take joy from. And I think celebration is a way to do it. Do you do you think we, we sorry going that you go to first then? No, I was just going to say I think this is a thing that winds me up about football and football fans generally though is that. We it seems to have moved on to celebration now is the thing to to mock other teams with because yeah as as Dave said you know the Spurs were were slated for celebrating against Liverpool because they had a couple of players sent off we also at the start of the season when we were getting you know good results uh, under Ange we would get you know it's like oh you've won the league already I don't think anyone ever says that it's just like Dave says you know if you can't celebrate wins 
then what do you do? You, do you just sit in silence in a game? Is it a polite applause and then walk out? I think, I think celebrating is now the next thing that people can have a go at because it feels maybe less, um, you know, if you have a go at people celebrating, you're not actually targeting team or, or players or, or fans. It, it just feels an odd thing to sell to, to, to criticize players celebrating. Um, do, you, do you feel you know, like and, it's, and, sorry, go on. No, the only thing I was going to say, and the thing yesterday, it was Odegaard, wasn't it, taking a picture of the club photographer and, and who knows what's going on there. It might have been a nice little thing. It could be something, I don't know, it, the guy's birthday, I'm just making it up now, the birthday. But if it was a moment between the two of them, why, you know, why not let them have that? Yeah, I think yeah, that's... Um, um, that, that moment, I think he's a lifelong Arsenal fan, isn't he, that photographer? Yeah, he is, uh, yeah. From, from what I read, and... What a cool thing to have a photo on the pitch at the Emirates after a win like that. I, I don't have a problem with that. I think that just shows a, a human side um, of, of people. Um, I do think that we live in a world now where somewhat you have people have this urge to be critical over something all the time. And I think this is the football answer to it, is that we have to criticise the way teams celebrate. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was quite interesting how that kind of come out. And there's a lot of pundits talking about it and... I don't think it's specifically targeted to Arsenal. I think it's targeted to any club that's doing well. I think as a, like you said, Jamie Carragher, he's, he's just seen his team lose in a in a key match, so his reaction is going to be slightly hampered by by that as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. The next point on next result I've got on my agenda because I have got an agenda because um, <laughs> I was I was accused before this session of not having one, but I, I do have one. Outrageous. Um, Outrageous. <laughs> Is Chelsea losing to Wolves and what we think the future of Pochettino looks like? Because um, Chelsea have obviously had a number of bad results. They're now in the bottom half of the table um, and they lost 4 2 to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Well, you know what I think. <laughs> well, you, you think Pochettino is going to be sacked this week, was, was the text that you said. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure whether it be this week, but I, you know, I know we've said, and I've said on here a number of times, I don't think he should be. But at the moment, you just can't see, you can't see a ray of light there at the moment. I think that's the difference. You know, they keep talking about projects. That's the new thing in football, isn't it? Projects, projects, projects. He's supposedly got one there. And I know they've gone for younger, younger players, but I think football, football fans and football owners don't have that sort of patience. And, and I think it's a different, like, so, so again, let's say it's, um, if it's our team, Dan, say it was the Spurs or say it's another normal mid-table team or, or a team that flirts with sort of around the fifth, sixth, seventh place. I think you can you can forgive a season finishing 11th or 12th. But I think a team like Chelsea, I just don't think they'll, they'll allow it if, if they slip further down. Uh, but did, at what point do the owners look at that and think he's had a lot to deal with with that squad and the problems that Chelsea had going into this season? At what point is there an allowance for that? And to think he needs a season to sort this out before going again next season. I, I think he should have the season. I think he should have a season. I, I guess what I'm saying is, especially Pochettino, who already I think was probably getting a lot of stick from Chelsea fans because it's all coming out now again. What's he won? What's he won? What's he won? I, I, I just wonder it's whether... I think the fans are going to have a lot to say in it. I, I think it depends on how their, their behaviour is. I, I just think for a club like Chelsea... That you know we we've seen it before. We were talking about Klopp earlier leaving. Now, okay, so that's a manager that's been there for X amount of years. He's put his his blueprint on that team. 
we've seen the same Ferguson, we've seen the same with Wenger. Yes, we've had a change of ownership at Chelsea, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, he should get the season. I just don't. I, I just don't think he will. But the, but the, you know, the first year that Guardiola was in charge of City, and the first year that um, Klopp was in charge of Liverpool, both similar times, and they both struggled in that first year. Like I've, I've, I would say City I've, I've, was in a different position, though, really, wasn't it? Then, but they were winning league different. titles before Guardiola got there. Yeah. But also, yeah, he's thrown some next. They, they've had a carousel of players going in and out the door at Chelsea. So trying to build a team when they're clearly not a team yet is incredibly difficult, and they need a period of stability. Yeah. Because I mean, who did I have? They had Potter. So you've got Pochettino now. They had someone before. Uh, Thomas Tuchel. 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 You've had three managers last season, remember? So they had Tuchel, yeah. Potter and Lampard. I mean, to, to an extent, I think Pochettino is walking a tightrope, but he needs to be given time. Because if we look at, and I, I can see why he's going to be sacked. So the next match, Aston Villa. Okay, so that's three points for Chelsea right there. Joey, I'm joking, Joey. <laughs> but then we followed that. They got Crystal Palace. And I thought actually they could get a win from that. But then they've got Man City, Tottenham, Liverpool, Brentford, Newcastle, Arsenal. That's their next set of games. Which which yeah. manager is going to come in and turn their form around? Mourinho? <laughs> yeah. I can't, yeah, I can't see him going back there. But but Dave, no, like I said, I can't agree with you more. I you know I agree everything they've done. I mean they they accounted for the majority of Europe's spend last year, right? Um, but I, I just I just don't think it will happen. I want it to. I want him to. Ha- I want it to happen. I just don't think it will. Do, we, um, do either of you, you know, know what the consensus is of Chelsea? Because I don't actually know the answer to this question. But how Chelsea fans are feeling about the situation? Do they want Poch to be given a chance, or do they want him out? I've no the majority idea. I've heard a light on the radio, granted it's such a small section, they, they want him out. Yeah. Is that because I think they've just lost Tottenham? patience with the whole... No, I Tottenham think they've just background. lost patience. Yeah. Think, well, no, they've just seen their team lose. I mean, they, you know, they are what? What are they now? 12th? Yeah, something like that. Uh, 11th. 11th, 12th. Ele- yeah, 11th place. You know, and, and David, like you were saying just now, you're saying they're, they're playing Crystal Palace, they should get a result there. This is a team... That you know we should be talking about winning European titles and things like that. We're just saying they should get a result against Palace, and I guess that's that's the the, the kind of change in fortune. I think they, they have a team I've been most out with for my Premier League predictions at the start because I thought <laughs> they were going to finish yeah. top four, and uh, yeah. now we're obviously nowhere near it, um, which is a shame, isn't it? <laughs> it's, uh... I mean, Chelsea have had two defeats on the bounce, but they did win their previous three, so they are quite mm. streaky. Yeah, the thing is, I'm I'm a bit bittersweet about this because I don't like Chelsea because of my Tottenham connections, but I do like Pochettino, and I would like to see him turn that club round. Almost, Um, it's a bit of a weird feeling for me, but not at the extent of finishing above Tottenham. If they could just finish below Tottenham, I think I'd be happy. Well, I I don't like Chelsea. Uh, I I do like Pochettino (laughs) as well. Fair enough. Uh, (laughs) He's just uh, he's very likable. Yeah. As a, yeah, as a person and manager, yeah, yeah, we've seen at Spurs with what he was working with then, sort of budget wise, that he can, he can get a team to play above themselves, yeah. you know, that, and that's the whole reason Chelsea got him, I would assume, right? Um, m- maybe it's that's the curse of if if you're successful for so long, you just don't have that patience. I mean, you know, we've seen it with City, right? Uh, sorry, not City, we've seen it with United 
you know, yeah, they they won the odd trophy along the way, but they're not the team they were twenty years ago, and even Liverpool. But the, the trophies that Man United have won in that time under Mourinho were what they, you know, the, the level below trophies, aren't they? But the, the trophies that we wouldn't even entertain twenty years ago, um, right. you know, you're a UEFA Cup or a League Cup, yeah. and you know, back in the day, Man United fans were never used to winning those sorts of trophies because they were in the Champions League and fighting for Premier League titles all the time. But yeah, so um, that is Chelsea. So you heard it in the year first. Pochettino is going to be out this week, according to to Dan. Uh, (laughs) Next result I've got down is Man United convincingly beating... I I say convincingly, I've only looked at the score, I didn't see the game, but they beat West Ham 3-0, I believe. Um, So a a big win for Man United, because I feel like West Ham have been doing okay lately. Yeah, I happened to watch the first half, and kind of feel the result didn't do the performance justice from what, West Ham what was flattering to Man United that oh, was yeah, flattering yeah. towards Man United yeah uh, the Rasmus goal Rasmus Holland goal brilliant goal he smashed it and lashed it in. but it's weird because Man United seems to be playing a defensive low block and counter-attacking at home we expect that from away teams but yeah it's just I think yes they've won a couple of games but they're not convincing by any means yeah. we're really not no I agree. I think United seem to be another team like Chelsea where they win the right game or they win enough games at the right time to take a bit of heat off them. And we've said that we said that all season, haven't we? They'll they'll lose three. Ten Hag will start getting some pressure and win the next game. And then it's it's off because Chelsea have invariably lost that week as well. Um but West Ham are a funny side as well though, aren't they? They they they're a team that we always think are doing well, but this season I don't think they're doing particularly well. Not like like they have been doing. Well, they're in so. seventh place as well. Oh, they, 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 oh they're up there. So but, the, two, the two points behind Man United. We'll see how they draw or beaten ahead. But yeah. you've got Brighton, Hove Albion. They're on 35 in eighth place. Newcastle in ninth. And Wolves uh, with 32. So essentially from Man United to... I suppose Chelsea, eleventh place, seven point gap. Yeah, it's not yeah. much, is it? A lot can change in, in that area. Yeah. Um, but I think with Man United, I think a lot of fans are kind of expecting this. Or maybe they're not, but this overnight solution where they're going to become brilliant again. But I just feel that clubs been over the process of the last ten years have been damaged by the owners so much. But it's, there's no overnight fix available. It's going to take a massive amount of work to get them back to, to where they were consistently not just a one-off season where they finish high up but consistently mm. up there great um but yeah so that is manchester united um next result i've got on there is luton drawing with newcastle for all now that was a game and a half did any did of you guys see it i did not sadly no it, no i didn't, it, didn't see the game it was a uh, it was pretty eventful. Unfortunately, I was intermittently watching it because I was playing football with kids at the same time. Um, but you know, Newcastle twice took the lead, so they went one nil up, and then Luton equalised. Then they went two one up, and then Luton equalised again. And then Luton got a penalty, which some might say was a bit dubious. I don't think it was. Um, and then they scored quickly after that to go four two up, um, and then Newcastle then then pulled it back and it was a very scrappy sort of last ten minutes, but. Luton continuing to kind of get points here and there. Um, and out all the teams up there, oh, sorry, up there, all the teams down there in, in that in that relegation zone area, I feel like they're playing the best football of the lot. Well, 
don't forget they also won four nil midweek against Brighton. Against Brighton, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which isn't you know isn't a sloppy result there, is it? Yeah, and I, I really hope they stay up. I, re- I really do. I'm I'm fully behind them. Ben, ben me too, up. because you both laughed at me when I said they were at the start <laughs> of the season. So I really you. hope I really hope they do. Yeah. I mean, didn't laugh. I suppose was not hovering over Luton, but. Nottingham Forest and Everton is a is more point deductions. So yeah. if deductions are applied, then there's a really good chance of Luton staying up. And Luton played brilliantly against Brighton, although Brighton were really poor. And Newcastle, I wonder if Eddie Howe's going to get. I think that he's under trouble. He's under he's under pressure. Um, I also think there have been some personal things which have happened within that team which have locked them a little bit. I think it was weird that Kieran Trippier, who's also involved in these personal rumours that are going on, um, that Kieran Trippier was was nearly transferred out to Munich, wasn't he? When he he's kind of was, been yeah. the key player for them since you know the Saudi takeover. Um, so yeah. As a, I think there's a little bit. As I think there's more problems in that squad than they're letting on. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think. Um, I mean, everyone thought he was going to go when the money took over, right? But you know, he earned his his place there. Now they've had a lot of injuries. I know a lot of teams have had injuries, and and Dan, like you said, there's there's a lot of internal things going on. It's just whether it's just whether that balances it out, and and what the fans are. I don't tend to hear many people sort of criticising him. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess it's when they want to start flexing the cash because they haven't been able to either, really, have they? Not yet. No, they've been a bit. They, they kind of had this takeover a long time. We needed it about six, seven years ago, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, next result I've got down is Aston Villa thumping Sheffield United five nil. Um, yes, I think that took place yesterday, and that's obviously a bit of a bounce back result because Villa lost midweek to Newcastle, um, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, yeah. Just Villa recovered well to to win five 0 against Sheffield United, um, which I think kind of keeps Sheffield United well down there. Um, and it was I found it frustrating because I felt like Tottenham kind of caught Villa up, uh, and in the space of a weekend they've they've gone ahead again, which is yeah annoying. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah. so I gone Sheff- Sheffield United are down. They have ten points minus forty goal difference. Lost four of the last five. There's no way the, the, yeah. the appointment of Chris Wilder. I think it's made them worse. Not better. Yeah, it just go, it seems like they're going down without a fight as well, doesn't doesn't it? It's um, they're going to go down as a bit of a win. Frustrates you, yeah, yeah. That's what frustrates you with the promoted teams is that not saying that you know likelihood is the bet the bookies will all have them going down. I, I get that, but at least Luton are actually trying to show a bit yeah. of fight now. That's the thing. Yeah, because if if Luton were to get relegated now, you think, oh, they came up, but they did half try to stay up. Whereas yeah, the other yeah, two yeah. teams, Burn, Burnley and Sheffield United, just feel like, what are you guys doing apart from making up the yeah, numbers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and Chris Wilder, he's pointing the finger at everything else except him, himself and his team, which is quite yeah. blaming the referee, the pitch and whatever. Look at yourselves first. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, okay, cool. So that's all the English games I've got. Uh, I, I didn't go, I'm not going to go through the Saturday games. Um, but um uh, outside and into Europe, Inter Milan went top after beating Juventus. So Dan, that's one for your one of your portfolio, top of the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think we've got a game, at least a game or two in hand on them as well. So that was, yeah, uh, yeah that was a fantastic win yesterday. So I think 
it pretty much guarantees the league, I think, unless they... Well, well, here we go. Watch this space. Big, big you... words. <laughs> yeah, we, so we we're... extract that as a soundbite and we'll just we'll put that as, as the advert? Yeah, so Inter are four points ahead of Juve now with a game in hand. So if they can win that, it'll be seven points. Um, so you'd like to think, yeah, well, let, actually greater things have happened even in our league, right? So, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a long way to go is what I meant to say. <laughs> um, and in the Bundesliga, Leverkusen are still top having a a hell of a season um, after being undefeated in 20 games. Uh, they're topped by two points over over Bayern. Um, Bayern obviously won the Bundesliga a ridiculous amount of times in a row um, until Harry Kane gets there looking for a trophy um, and, and things might change. But it's all looking close at the top. Two points is a difference. Kane, Kane um, scored again, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I believe Eric Dyer started quite well as well from what, a few of the clips I've seen. He, he looks like he's playing quite well for them. Good, yeah. um, good league for him to go to, I felt. I was going to say, it's funny, isn't it? It's for Spurs fans having a club like Bayern, Bayern Dyer to shore up the defence where for all the stick he's probably got over recent <laughs> yeah. years here. You know? Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, so, yeah, so that is uh, Bundesliga. Now, here's another interesting fact for you. Um, in the Newcastle versus Luton game, there was 18 English players. Everton versus Tottenham, there was 12. Brighton versus Crystal Palace, there was 10 English players. Burnley versus Fulham, there was five. Sheffield United versus Villa, there was 12. But do you know what Gareth Southgate did this weekend rather than watch yes, any of those players? I do. He went to Ajax to watch Jordan Henderson. <laughs> what are our thoughts on that? <laughs> I'll let Dave go first because I know he loves Southgate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Southgate just... It, it sums it up for me, to be honest. They, Henderson was playing in a league that was very low, low ranked in the world, and Southgate continues to pick him. He go, goes to his debut for Ajax. Southgate watches him, but he knows what Henderson does. There's so much other talent on offer. I say, look at Ross Barkley, what he's doing at Luton. Yeah. He's transformed. Yeah. I think that's the sort of player England could do with in the middle of midfield. Put him alongside yeah. Bellingham and Rice. I think you've got something there. You got a player who's dynamic. He's got great work ethic. But Southgate again, he's just stick to his own players he knows and stick sticking to his mates, right? Uh, that, that's, he is, yeah. That's what it feels like. It really does. It's sad, it really is. And and also, even even if Jordan Henderson is good enough, right? Even if he is good enough to be in the England team, he doesn't need to go and watch him. No. <laughs> he knows I was what Jordan Henderson is. Just why say, can't you watch fly, it match of the why day? Why fly to Holland? Why not watch one of these games where there's like ten to fifteen English players playing it? Like you said, Ross yeah. Barkley, perfect example. Um, and there's other England players in the Newcastle team. He could have, he could have, you know, watched five or six real England potentials in that game. Um, but no. Wait, to put things into context, Jordan Henderson, uh, where he's playing in the Pro League in Saudi Arabia. That league is ranked or rated as the 63rd best in the world. Yeah. Put that into context, that's below League One. Yeah. That, that's how bad it is. I mean, granted now, where he's playing in um, City, what's that actually called? The Eredivisie. I think that's rank 11th. So, obviously, he's playing at a better standard, but Premier League is regarded as the league with the highest. Standard. Yeah. That's where Luton are. You know, that's where Newcastle are. Both, both players have got some very good English talent. They should be given the opportunity, not Henderson, who's due to retire, or hopefully retire from English football in terms of international football very soon. It's not because yeah, I don't uh, like Henderson, but 
because I personally don't think he's good enough. It's become a bit of a running joke, I I think, with him continuously being picked um, to go in that squad. Dan, you got any final thoughts on Henderson and Southgate? No, I think I think you said it or Dave said it all as well. I, I just it just doesn't make sense, does it? It's not like he's an emerging young talent who we've not seen before, and you want to see how he how he copes. Um, but I do, actually, I do, the only thing I do want to say is, yeah, Ross Barkley again. Yeah, what a shout! What a signing that that is. Yeah, yeah I mean, as signings go, I think we said it on here, but yeah, that's um, yeah, just fair play to him. Yeah, I do, he, I do he, wonder. Oh, sorry, go on. No, please go ahead. I was going to say, I do wonder what happens next with Ross Barkley because I reckon he's mm. probably been signed on a short term contract. Yeah. almost get in the shop window um, mm. for a bigger club to take him over. There'll definitely be a relegation clause in his contract. Andros Townsend was the same. I think he only signed on a few months contract. I don't think he's yeah. even, not even convinced he's there to the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I, I think, think he has signed for a couple of years now, Townsend. Say that again, sorry? I think Townsend signed for a couple of years years now. Oh, has he? Yeah, I oh, think good. initially short term, I think they extended. Good, okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, yeah. Two great signings for Luton Town. Okay, cool. So we're now going to move on to Worldwide, um, where the AFCON and the Asia Cup are still going on. Um, we're at the semi-final stages of both events. Now, here's a little pre-quiz to the quiz. <laughs> do you, do you think you can name the four the eight sorry the four nations in each competition that yes. are still left in it? Yeah. Go on, Dave. Let's go. Let's go. Afcon first. Afcon first. Uh, Nigeria, South Africa, Ivory Coast, and the Democratic Republic of Congo. Have you got that written down in front of you? Well, actually, I did a bit of research for it, for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any okay. any Asia Cup? Well, can I, for the Afcon, what I found really interesting is because there was a I think it was Guinea Bissau. Was it Guinea? No, it was Guinea and Equatorial Guinea were playing. And that got me thinking, well, how many countries are there with Guinea in the name? <laughs> I think it might be four. You've got <laughs> Guinea. <laughs> things that, the things that come into mind, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Guinea, yeah. uh, Equatorial Guinea, uh, Papua New Guinea, or Papua New Guinea. Uh, yeah, it, I just found it really interesting. Uh, and also, Papua New Guinea is not in Africa. Either. I can see Day, uh, Dan ripping up his quiz now. Yeah, yeah well, I'm slightly annoyed that <laughs> you already know the answer. Do you know the, the four semi-finalists of the Asia Cup? Yeah, because I know Tommy Asi is coming home, so it's Jordan, South, uh, South Korea, because they beat yeah. Australia in extra time. I think Son scored, I believe. Yeah. Iran and Qatar. Well done, Dave. Well done for ruining that part of uh, the podcast. Yeah, I, I would have got it as well. Is that just, why you had him <laughs> just, just saying I would have got it as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, um, was, so, was giving the quiz. <laughs> yeah, the, the AFCON semi-finals, I believe, happen on Wednesday. I'm not sure when the Asia Cup ones um happen um uh, once, sure on once tomorrow once wednesday oh okay okay i guess the final final for both the weekend um 10th of february for both ones uh so the the asia cup final is at three o'clock uk time afcon is eight o'clock you can watch both you're far too knowledgeable at this well done <laughs> um okay dan i'm gonna hand over to you because i believe you have got a question from a listener. Yes, I do have a listener question, and that listener is uh, Joey Fitz. So you, we mentioned it earlier, the Villa game. So Villa beat Sheffield United, what was it, 5-0, wasn't it? And Joey sent me a voice note saying, so if you were watching the match or you're watching Match of the Day, I think they were they were 
So Villa were 3-0 up, I think, in 20 minutes and it was 4-0 up on half hour and you could see apparently just loads and loads of the Sheffield United players leaving the stadium at that point, so on half hour. So his question to me was saying, you know, what do they expect? You know, they're Sheffield United. We've said that they're not showing fight. They're at the bottom. They're they're, they're obviously going to go down. Um, Villa are are chasing for that top four spot, you know, and, and, and are a very good side. So I guess the, the question was, what's our view on people leaving early? But I guess also especially leaving early when your team is getting absolutely hammered. It winds me up when people leave early. And I've seen, and I've been to many a Tottenham game where this happens, and this is on the Tottenham fans as well, where there's only one goal in a game and they leave about 10 minutes early. That, that winds me up because I, I feel like this, this game is still live, um, still happening. Um I must confess, I left the game early once and it was during the FA Cup semi-final between Tottenham and Chelsea and I think we lost 4-0 or 4-1 and I left with about 20 minutes to go because I was so fed up uh, but I couldn't sit through the last 20 minutes. So I am one of those people who have left early when my team's getting thrashed but that's the only time I've ever done it. Okay, right. Dave? For me, I, I think I've got a few takes on this. Whether right or, not, or wrong, the uh, the listeners can decide. Number one, their money. They choose to do what, how they spend it. So if they choose to buy a ticket and go early, that's their choice. Kind of suggests to me that was also they're not really supporting their team. Now, the other, I suppose, element for me, particularly around this season, is the amount of added time to a game. So if you know you're going to get minimum five minutes at the end of each half, that's 10, 10 minutes extra. So if you're supporter, you need to get to your train station, get your train or get you know your travel, I think that's become more difficult for them. So I think toward the end of a match, I I don't have much of a problem. During a match, I think it says an awful lot, maybe about the fans, but how they feel about their club as well, because they're there to support. And if you if you're if you're leaving, are you really supporting your club, or are you trying to send a message? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. I think after half an hour, though, it's. I think, I think, like you know, like he he said to me as well. Like we're saying, Sheffield United, that is their season now. They're not; it's not going to turn around. They're not all of a sudden going to start playing the kind of football that's going to keep them up. I think. So I, I don't know. I just think after half an hour, you turn it around. We see so many other teams, so many other fans, where they start almost having fun at the fact that they're losing that much you know we'll, we'll see teams saying I bet you can't score six or something like that you know or, or we're going to win six five something like that it's um it's, it's a hard one to say because I, I don't think I've been in that situation I mean Dan you said you left at four nil but I'm guessing that was towards the end of the game was it what about 15 20 minutes to go yeah t- towards the end of the game and I'm thinking as a Tottenham fan there was probably a hope and a belief that you could have got a result whereas yeah, yeah I don't think you went into that thinking we're going to get hammered 4 0. I've, I've got a so question, I, kind of yeah. similar, but not quite. It's not quite the same. Have you watched your team play? Say, I don't know, you are losing, you've got 20 minutes left. You're watching on TV. Do you switch the TV off? Or walk never. Away? So, do, do you know what's funny <laughs> is I've watched Tottenham get some hammerings, but I've never turned it off before the final whistle, okay. which is weird considering I've left the game early. Um, but I've never ever turned a, a game off. I don't know. Maybe it's OCD. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not like a, a Tottenham fan thing. But I, yeah, I've just never turned it off before the end. I, I'm, I'm the opposite. So you know, I've not been to masses of football matches, but I find I'm much more prone to turn it off at home. 
if I'm at a football game, I will stay till the end. Um, but at home on the TV, I don't know if it's because I know I can just turn it off and I've not spent money to, yeah, I'm, I'm paying for the subscription, right? Mm. But I, I find maybe I can just turn it over to something more entertaining <laughs> at the time or something that's going to stop me getting so angry. But at, yeah, at a stadium, I don't know if it's because I think I'm there for the, the, the experience or I've paid however much it is specifically for that game. Yeah, it's it's odd, isn't it? And Dave, and you, what's what's your answer to that question? Do you turn games off early? Uh, it depends if depending on the game's importance as well. Yeah. Um, but matches that I've never left early, or, or, or be it in my, I haven't been to many matches. I was going to say what included, included. I thought you were going to say included the ones I've played in. Like, <laughs> well, 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 well done for sticking around. <laughs> no, so, so I was going to say because I played every Saturday. And um, my opportunities to go to watch a match were quite limited. Yeah. So um, I, don't, I hadn't been to many purely because of that. Uh, I think it depends on how invested I am in a match. But if I'm paying my money, I want to get value up my money and I'll probably want to stay and watch the whole match. Cool. Thank you. And um, before we move on to a quiz, have either of you got any other business you'd like to discuss? I've got one. So from what I understand, Green Football Weekend is coming. Okay. Which is, um, I saw an advert for it during the Arsenal match yesterday. And basically, it's, uh, green is, is about vegetarian and veganism at, at grounds and that sort of thing. Um, on the BBC, there's a, there is a report about Newark and Sherwood United, the vegan non-league club doing things differently. I haven't read it yet. I haven't read the article. Because they're actually fairly local to me. You're going to go and watch them? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, got, I've got a club that is nearer that I intend to watch. And they serve meat. i don't know i don't know what i said but i suppose in terms of closeness uh the the nearest larger clubs are mansfield who are doing really well and nottingham forest okay yeah and i just was going to bring something up i I think i think mentioned it a few weeks back but richarlison now right so he's he's scored nine goals in eight games now and you know, it it is about time, people say. But I think what I'm coming from is we've seen over and, and you know, Dan, we alluded to a player at Newcastle that's had personal issues. And we've seen this season players come out with specific issues. Now, Richarlison had some personal issues, but also had groin surgery, which apparently was affecting him for a while. And you can't deny that since he's had that and addressed some of the problems that he seems a different player. And I don't know. I guess I don't know where I'm trying to go with this, but I think I'm saying, you know, it is we do look at players and players get a lot of criticism about what they earn and they do earn a lot. They are very privileged. But I guess I'm saying that, you know, we how, how we sometimes look at players. I think it goes back to what we're saying with Klopp and him saying he needs a break as well. I think we, we maybe forget kind of they've got personal lives as well. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's a difference between, well, I think there is a difference, which is why I'm saying it how Ten Hag has managed a few of the problematic players that he's had compared to what Postacoglu has done with Rich Arneson, um and what Troy Deeney did a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> there's, there's, there's definitely a difference of, of how those managers kind of operate. Yeah. And I reckon Postacoglu's a proper people manager. And I, I reckon he, rather than criticise Rich Arneson for not scoring, probably put his arm around him and, and kind of helped him back, back to form. Yeah, but also how they've identified. Obviously, I don't know if it was something that needed identifying, but the surgery had. I guess, I guess that. Yeah, what I'm saying is we we are so quick to get onto players, and you know, it's not that 
Richarlison was a bad player. There's obviously something going on. Um, but yeah, I just find it I just find it fascinating the change in him um, since he's got all that sorted out. Yeah, most informed striker in the league at the moment. Can I can I ask? Yeah. I'll put this to you both as you are Tottenham fans. Has his form come at a time when there's another key player who's not part of the team at the moment? Do you think that's perhaps I think, why? Uh, I, I think he started scoring before Son left. Um, or do, what do you mean, Harry Kane? No, I mean, I mean Harry, Harry Kane. No, no one, no other striker really is going to replace those goals. So I think you're going to have yeah. a, you need a multitude of players to replicate. Probably overall a better thing, unless you're Haaland. Um, yeah, I. It's obviously a, a big shadow to kind of step into, um, but I think it is more linked to his personal problems and um, then what what was happening at the club on the on the pitch. Um, and long may it continue. Um, yeah, so yeah, so let's hope hope it continues. And I think with like Madison coming back to fitness and Son coming back from the Asia Cup, hopefully in good form, mm. I think we'll probably see him score even more because they're both sisters. I, I've got one more question. It's on Vicario. With Vic- Vicario, yeah. when he started the season, brilliant, probably best keeper in the league. But yeah. I think recent games he's seen his form has dropped a bit, and he seems to be pressure, particularly in corners and free kicks. Yeah, I. I hear that, and I think I agree with it. And I do wonder how much has been his confidence has been messed up by having a complete roller coaster of people in front of him defending mm. or swinging doors or whatever you want to call it, because he's had to put up with two different centre backs pretty much every game with suspensions and injuries. And I do wonder if the thing is he's he's got Romero and Van der Ven back in front of him now, so hopefully it'll begin to grow. But you are right that Everton goal, last minute goal on Saturday. He should be coming out to get that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I have noticed it a few times where he hasn't come off his line where I feel like he should, like a confident keeper would. Yeah. I also think a couple of the goals he's conceded are, are kind of like from corners, set pieces where he is being jostled. And I'm wondering, does this feed back into consistency? Does he think because he's being jostled that it should be a free kick on, on a keeper where we do see it? often automatically given so do we think there's potentially an element of rules slightly changing or referees slightly changing their approach to certain uh confrontations on the pitch and players now need to to understand that yeah yeah agreed okay cool um any more for any more before we go on to a quiz yeah, one one nope. for me. Oh, Sorry. God. I tried to be quick. Go on. Is, I, I thought Kai Havertz was brilliant yesterday against Liverpool. Oh, we've done the Arsenal-Liverpool game. Didn't yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is more, it's more of a digger, uh, Piers Morgan. There's another person I can't stand. <laughs> he said he was terrible, but he was, the way he moved the defence. Block, block and move on. Block and move on. Yeah. That's what he did. There we go. I don't think we've got time for the quiz, Dan. Never mind. It'd be be a really quick fire one. So, um, it's a really quick one. So, um, there is currently 34 players who have scored 100 plus goals in the Premier League. So, in the Elite 100 club. I would like to go to each of you to name one and we'll see how far we get. Are the rules clear? Do you need me to repeat any instructions or are we good? No, we're good. Good, right. Dan, I'll give you the advantage because Dave's usually more confident of these sort of things. Dan, I'll <laughs> I let you go first. I hate this. Son. Son. Uh, yes, he has scored 100 plus goals. Well done, Dave. Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry. Uh, 
Thierry Henry. Yes, I didn't need to look that up. I saw it. Do you know what? I completely misheard what you said. I thought we said currently playing, so it's now no, all time. Past, past and present, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. So you did need me, you did need me to repeat it. If you think 34 <laughs> yeah. players today have scored more than 100 points, <laughs> I was, yeah. I was, that's why I was thinking I'm really going to struggle. Yep, so we've had Son, Son who scored 115, and Thierry Henry who scored 175. Damn. Kane, then. Kane. 213. Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer, 260. Dan. Uh, uh, Rooney. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rooney. Rooney, yes. 208. I'm going to make this more difficult for you, Dan. Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine Defoe. Is he in there? Is he in there, Dave? Is he in there? 162. Smashed it. Salah. Salah, 153. Drogba. Drogba, 104. So we only just sneaked in. Van. Aguero! <laughs> 184, but no bonus points for that. Oh, come Dave. on. Listeners, help me out. So Les. Who, sorry? Celez. Celez. Celez Ferdinand. <laughs> oh, Celez. <laughs> no point did I think when you said that it was an English guy. Uh, it's Les Ferdinand at 149. Um, of Tottenham and Newcastle fame. Van Persie. Van Persie. You'd think he was in there, wouldn't you? 144. Okay. Frank Lampard. <clears throat> Excuse me, Frank Lampard. We know he's on that list. Is he on that list, though? Why can't I see him? Yep, 177. I'm getting to my last answer now, I think. Michael Owen. Michael Owen is definitely on there, on 150. Oh, I'm going to struggle now. Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane. I haven't seen his name on it. Oh, he is on 126. I'm trying to take out all the Tottenham players. I know. You're very <laughs> you're very tactical with this. Funny thing is, Funny I, 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 Dan hasn't done any Tottenham players since the first one. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Gerard. Stevie G is on there on 120. Uh, I think I've just got one more in me. Ian, right, right, right. <laughs> He's on there, 113. Yes. Peter Crouch must have. He's played for enough teams. Hundred, no, up, appear, not number of clubs, number of goals. Yeah, no, no, but I mean, he's played for enough teams and yeah, times. 108. Yeah. I want to go. I, I don't know if he did or not. He's still playing Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm sure, he has. Think so, wouldn't you? He sneaks in with 103. Oh. Yes. Have, have we said Andy Cole? No, not yet. 187. Got a couple more then, and then I'm done. <laughs> Dave? Teddy Sheringham. <laughs> yes. What a player! 
146. So the other one then that, that nudged me would be Dwight York. Has to be Dwight. Uh, yeah, 123. And then I have now just got one more. Nicholas Anelka. Nicholas Anelka is. I saw his name earlier. Where is he? Uh, yeah, 125. Such a good player he was. I think my only one I've got, it, and I don't know if he did, Chris Sutton. Ooh. I, I have not seen Chris Sutton I, on this list. Uh, no, he's not there, Dan, I'm uh, afraid. Dave, congrats. Uh, Dave, you've got to go one more because Dan's had one extra guess on you, so if you get this one, you win. Southampton fans called him Le God. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, sugar. Dude, oh, my score. Dude. That's the first time I swore on this pod. Wow. Dave, do you know how many goals he scored? I do know how many goals he scored. It's and he scored. Dead on. I can't remember a bad goal from him. Well, I suppose penalties, oh, no. but. 100. <laughs> Centurion. Yeah, yeah he, he sneaks into the 100 club with 100 goals. Players that you missed, Robbie Fowler, um, Jamie Vardy, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, oh, Romelu Lukaku, Raheem oh. Sterling, Sadio Mane, Dion Dublin, Emil Heskey, Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes and Darren Bent. But congratulations, Dave, on a, on a quiz win. Thank you so much. Cool. Right, well before <laughs> before we sign off, does anyone want to say anything? Shout outs. I shout out to two blokes from Blighty and Game Club Pod. I want to shout out to Casting Views, uh, particularly their Black Mirror. Uh, it's a screamer. It's such a good it's series. A good... Thanks, Dave. I hear they're really good. <laughs> That's what I've heard as well. <laughs> um, but, but thank you to anyone who everyone who listens. Cool, yeah, thank you. And if you want to interact with us, ask us a question, or even come on the show, then uh, DM us and we will respond. Thank you all, and we'll see you next time. Uh, Bye. Thanks for listening to Just Football. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share with your friends and family. We're available on all podcasting platforms, and you can follow us on X at Just Football Pod. In the meantime... Keep your head up and your eyes on the ball.